You're listening to County Conversations, a podcast brought to you by the New York State Association of Counties. In this episode, we'll be discussing a topic central to government operations, risk management and insurance. From parks and playgrounds to law enforcement and landfills, how can counties manage and secure affordable coverage for the risk associated with the essential services they provide? NYSEC's Deputy Director Mark Levine is joined by Kevin Crawford, Executive Director of the New York Municipal Insurance Reciprocal, and Susan O'Rourke, President of Nimer's management company, Right Risk Management, for a primer on what major risk management issues county governments are facing, how premium pricing is set for local governments, and how Nimer is uniquely equipped to handle coverage and risk management services for counties. Hi, welcome to County Conversations. My name is Mark Levine and I'm the Deputy Director of the New York State Association of Counties. I am pleased to be here today with the two individuals most involved in the day-to-day operations of the insurance company providing property and casualty insurance to more than 900 local governments in New York State. That's the New York Municipal Insurance Reciprocal, otherwise known as NIMR. First, I would like to introduce NIMR's Executive Director, Kevin Crawford. Kevin, can you tell our listeners what NIMR is and what your role is with the organization? Great, thank you, Mark. Nice to be with you this afternoon. So NIMR stands for New York, as you said, New York Municipal Insurance Reciprocal. Uh, We are a property and casualty insurance program. We've been around since 1993, so we're into our 28th year. Um, We started with 26 local government members or subscribers, as we call them, and now we're up over 930, uh, 34 of of that, of that number are our counties. So we're very, very pleased about that. Um, we were formed under a section of law in New York state insurance law that is the reciprocal article. And so therefore we're called a reciprocal, but that's not to say we're not like any other insurance carrier. We are a fully capitalized and regulated entity. We file quarterly and annually with the New York State Department of Financial Services. We go under, uh, undergo regular audits by the department and we're actually going through one of those uh, right now. So that has, I think, uh, added to the, to the security of our program and especially from the perspective of our members. Um, we are actually an AM best rated a company, one of the few municipal pools in the nation, there's only a handful, and Nimer is one of those, and I believe might have been even the first one ever to be undergo an AM best rating, and we do that on an annual basis, and we just had it reaffirmed for another year. So we are, you know, an A minus, uh, stable, excellent uh, program in the eyes of of AM best. The only thing they worry about is that we're a single state program dealing only with municipal municipal risk. Uh, but since that's what we were formed to do, that's obviously uh, not going to change. The other important thing to mention, of course, is that we are an insurance vehicle that is uh, sponsored and indeed was formed by the three municipal associations. And a lot of that initial work happened right in your officers, Mark, there at the Association of Counties. Uh, and, um, and so that relationship has continued uh, to this day. Uh, the three associations serve as what's called our attorney in fact. So they have a lot of 
duties, obligations, and responsibilities uh, under the law. Uh, and the last thing I guess I'll mention is that the governing body uh, is uh, a 13-member board of governors uh, made up of representatives from our membership. So they are uh, county executives, county administrators, uh, county legislators, as well as mayors and supervisors and others. And currently we have four members of our board uh, that are our governors, including our longest tenured member who was on from the very beginning, which is John Stead uh, from Fulton County. So uh, a lot of county membership in our program, a lot of county influence. And, uh, and I think that together with our, our broad reach across the entire state is, is part of the strength uh, of our program, which is, as I started at the very beginning, is to say 930 members uh, all across New York State. Well, that's a great overview, Kevin. Thank you very much. Yeah, we started with 26 and we're now at over 930 and uh, we're governed by a board of governors uh, made up of the local government subscribers of the of NIMR. And we have an executive director, that's Kevin Crawford. Uh, and, uh, and there's another entity that helps the day-to-day -day operations. And that is the right risk management uh, division of Brown and Brown Insurance. And, and we have with us today, the president of Nimer's management company, Susan O'Rourke. Susan, thanks for being here. Can you explain to our listeners what you do as president of Right Risk Management and the role that the management company plays in the operations of Nimer? Good afternoon, Mark. It's, it's nice to be here. Thanks for inviting us. Um, and as you just uh, laid out very well, uh, Right Risk Management, a division of Brown and Brown, uh, does handle the day-to-day -day activities of Nimer's insurance company. We have done so since uh, Nimer's inception almost uh, 30 years ago. And uh, some of the services that we provide um, are the marketing services to the members. So for instance, if we have a county official who would like to learn more about the Nimer program or even currently is part of Nimer and would like some more information, um, our marketing department is always happy to go out and meet with uh, the member or prospective member and explain more about the NIMR program and the various services that we provide. Uh, we also provide the uh, customer service um, services and the underwriting. We underwrite uh, the applications when they come in. Uh, we price the account, review the account, and typically those two uh, units are working directly with the insurance broker uh, on the, both the uh, new business and uh, renewal process. We also have an extensive claim staff. We use our own in-house examiners for the claims. And uh, if legal counsel is needed, we do outsource that to a set of panel counsel that we have. And those are uh, attorneys in uh, the local area that would handle that uh, claim service for the members. We also provide loss control services. Uh, we have a loss control staff. They'll go out and meet with a member. They'll review the physical, attributes of the buildings and the equipment, but they'll also sit down and uh, discuss with the administration and other department heads, uh, their operations, including uh, areas such as highway, correctional, nursing homes, county administration, uh, various other activities that the county may provide. And our loss control staff is always happy to sit in on safety committees. We do quite a well, 
quite a few of those as well and uh, uh, can offer different um, subject matter and services during those uh, safety committees. And in addition to that, our loss control department also provides training both uh, at the local level, at least prior to pre-COVID, we were doing that, and uh, also uh, webinars and um, Zoom type uh, training as well. So that just gives you a little idea of some of the services that we provide um, for NIMR on the right risk management side. That's great. Thanks for that overview, uh, Susan. Um, that's a soup to nuts uh, um, uh, overview of what right risk management does. And, and I can tell you from the, the Association of Counties point of view, which is, we're a member of the attorney in fact, as Kevin said, we participate in all of these meetings um, and we uh, help to ensure that, the, that NIMR stays on track in being the, um, the insurance company for counties and local governments in New York State. So everything that, that Susan just rattled off there from marketing, customer service, underwriting, uh, claims, legal, loss control, risk management, and training, that is all focused on um, the municipal perspective. So that's one of the things that's, that, that, stands, that, that stands out for NIMR is all of the subscribers or members of the NIMR family are local governments in New York. So all of these things that the right risk management does is focused only on municipalities in New York State. One, uh, one organization or one group of organizations that we haven't talked about yet, and I'll kick this over to Kevin, is the broker community. Because when, when, when a county is considering um, who to go to for property and casualty insurance, they usually use a broker. Kevin, can you talk a little bit about the broker relationships that NIMR uses across the state? Uh, sure, Mark, thanks. Uh, so as you pointed out, we do work through uh, your local brokers uh, and we have uh, over time developed uh, special relationships with eight uh, brokers that we have designated throughout the state, covers much of the territory, although there's still some parts of the state where there's not a, a designated broker, but um, uh, we have singled them out because they have a particular expertise and interest and portfolio in public sector risk, uh, and a lot of brokers do not. And so we like uh, that institutional knowledge that, that they, they hold and their expertise and they understand the nature of the risk. And they have also committed to working exclusively with us because they recognize that we have that same, uh, that same focus and that same expertise. Uh, and uh, they like working with a program where once a member is participating, the retention rate is you know, extraordinarily high. And we're very proud of the fact that we have a 98% uh, retention rate above our members. Once they come into the program, with rare exceptions, they all stay. And the few that may leave from time to time, and it's usually a pricing issue, uh, return when that pricing uh, advantage uh, uh, disappears as it usually does uh, in a year or two, or at least uh, in a couple of years. So we work through the broker community and it, it's really a recognition on our part and on their part that this is really where municipalities uh, 
should be to address their risk profile and, and their needs for property and casualty insurance. It's really what makes us unique is that our, it's our singular focus in our understanding of municipal risk. And it's due to the fact that we're very close, as you pointed out, to the municipal associations. This is our area of expertise. Local government operations are fraught with risk, whether it's landfills or parks and playgrounds, law enforcement for sure. There's risk in all of those activities, which we must continue to provide to, to our citizens. And so it's a matter of understanding the risk and managing it as best we can uh, through training and education resources where we put a lot of time and effort uh, so that we can narrow that window of risk and therefore provide good quality coverage at a predictable and stable price for our members. Thank you. Uh, and, and if a county is, is listening, a county official is listening, and if you're a, a, a NIMER member, you can uh, go to NIMER.org for more information, or you can talk to me or anybody else here on this call. But if you're a county official or a town supervisor who might be listening in on today's podcast, if they want information about NIMER, Susan, where should they go? Uh, yes, Mark. Um, first of all, they can go to nimer.org and you'll see various contact information there. Karen Buckley, our marketing manager, and Kevin Crawford's office is also listed there. So that's probably the easiest um, way to, to, to contact Nimer is through nimer.org. Awesome. Great. So um, we were exclusive to municipalities in New York State, and now I'd like to shift and talk about um, what, what, what is the state of insurance for, for municipalities in, in New York? In other words, what are the major issues facing local governments here? And, uh, and what are, what's NIMR seeing out there? Uh, Kevin. Well, there's a lot of challenges uh, to be sure. Um, but first and foremost, we need to uh, take care of our P's and Q's, uh, if you will. So. Uh, it's still managing the risk that is located on our streets and highways and our parks and playgrounds. Uh, and so we can't lose sight of, of managing those risks uh, very carefully uh, with lots of attention and expertise. Uh, beyond that, uh, in the current environment, obviously we're in a very litigious time in, in our society and in our state. Um, and you know, local governments are viewed as the deep pocket, no doubt about it. And so defending them is particularly challenging. Uh, but again, it's one of the ways in which we think we you know, uniquely address this problem. We have a, a panel of attorneys who we think have the expertise and the experience to defend our members to the nth degree. And they do a terrific job of doing that. And so we may expend more time and resources on defenses, but we believe that the reputation and the integrity of local officials and local governments are well worth uh, that expense. It's particularly tough in these day, this time and age. You may have heard the term social inflation, but there's no doubt that jury verdicts and settlements are going up and up quite dramatically uh, in some cases. Um, some of the legal tools we use to defend our members are, are under, uh, uh, you know, are be eroded 
you know, through legislation, both at the federal and state level. So, um, and obviously that just creates more of a challenge for, for us in, in defending the public official and defending the county government. Uh, so that's our challenge right now is to continue to provide that high quality, good and effective defense of our members, especially where, as is often the case, uh, they have not done anything wrong or anything that should lead to uh, you know, a judgment or a liability uh, against them. Uh, most of the lawsuits we defend, Mark, uh, we defend successfully. Uh, there's a cost to that, but in the end of the day, we don't pay it. There's no indemnity payment as we defend those claims. So that remains our focus is to, to, to in claims defense, we want to put all our expertise and our energy uh, out there to provide the very best defense we can for our members. And we're talking about litigation and, and uh, law enforcement uh, these days and public works where signs are on the highway, on a county highway or a town highway and, and a resulting uh, incident might be happening or um, severe storms, um, all of these things. And can, can either uh, Susan or Kevin talk about the, the, the subcommittees that Nimer sets up to help to um, mitigate or, or mitigate claims or um, manage risks, uh, like the law enforcement committee that the two of you just attended. What what does what do you talk about in those meetings, and how is that helpful for the Nimer program? Uh, well, I'll, I'll jump in. This is Susan. Um, so, Mark, as you did mention, uh, we did just attend a, a law enforcement advisory committee. It's made up of uh, county officials, county law enforcement officials, city, village, and town law enforcement officials. Then we have both correctional and road patrol uh, in that committee. Uh, we discuss the various uh, activities and uh, upcoming legislation, risk management initiatives. So for instance, today we were discussing uh, something I'm sure everybody has heard about on the news, qualified immunity. Uh, whether that will stay in place or not for law enforcement agencies and how that will impact them. We're also discussing the recent cannabis uh, legislation that New York State passed and how that affects our, our law enforcement personnel. Uh, also reviewing things like strip search policies, high-speed chase policies, uh, very, uh, various other policies are discussed in those committees. And we also discuss ways um, from uh, where loss control can assist uh, our various law enforcement agencies in mitigating risk, what type of training is needed, um, where and how to distribute uh, that training. We have another uh, advisory committee and that's our public works advisory committee. And just like the law enforcement advisory committee, it's made up of county, city, town, uh, village, um, public works uh, managers or highway superintendents. And that committee also meets quarterly uh, discussing various uh, activities and um, exposures that uh, they face in their day-to-day uh, -day operations. So for public works, that could be anything from streets and roads to the water filtration plant to the um, uh, sewer plant. Uh, and in, in many of our uh, smaller municipalities, uh, public works may also be in charge of uh, recreation and building maintenance and a various other activities. So there is a wide variety of activities that are discussed um, at that level and with that committee as well. 
And those committees are comprised of the officials who sit in the member organizations, the local governments. So they are the experts, they are on the ground, they are dealing with these issues on a day-to-day -day basis. They're sharing best practices, they're sharing knowledge and they're helping each other to manage risks across the NIMR portfolio. So it's really a great thing. I've sat in on a couple of those meetings and trainings and, and um, uh, just to see the, the wheels turning uh, for those uh, committee members is, is, uh, is, is something I venture to say that no other insurance company in New York State is doing for municipalities. So it's a great thing. It's, it's what uh, helps NIMR uh, stand apart from the rest. Um, Kevin, on, on storms, on uh, climate change, on things like that, can you talk a little bit about the impact of the severity of storms on the property side of insurance over the last 10 years or so? Uh, yeah, we pray a lot, Mark. So yes, the daily prayer is, is our first line of defense. But, you know, as everybody knows uh, and has seen and has read, you know, certainly storm severity seems to be on the increase. Um, and, you know, it is, again, an area that you ha we have to continue to keep focused on uh, so that when we do our property appraisal program, for instance, and we visit our members uh, regularly to appraise their properties and also look at uh, issues such as are they in a, a flood zone and to make sure that any opportunities for federal flood insurance, et cetera, are are uh, brought to the attention uh, of the member. Um, so again, it's a risk that you know seems to be on the increase, certainly not one that is going away. So we need to make sure we have everybody's property properly reviewed and appraised and that adequate levels of insurance are in place to protect that municipality should there be a, a, a storm or other type of catastrophic catastrophic event, you know, visit uh, their locality. Yeah, great, thank you. Thank you, Kevin, and thank you, Susan. Um, how is, uh, we're, we're in the 14th month or 15th month of this pandemic, uh, and uh, we have uh, today some confusing uh, uh, news, whether, whether or not uh, uh, we need masks in, in places of work, and we're trying to, uh, all uh, from the associations, perspective, we're all trying to analyze uh, the difference between the CDC guidelines and the, and the, and the state guidelines and how those impact uh, our, our working situations. Um, and, and, you know, we're doing the best to support our members through this. How, how is NIMR and the members impacted uh, with COVID claims, Susan? Yes, Mark, that, you know, that's an interesting question, as you, as you mentioned. It's, it's been a tough 14 months, although sometimes I think it seems much longer than, than 14 months. But uh, yeah, last year at this time, we really weren't sure what type of uh, claims our, our members would see. Um, there was the thought that we would see some loss of business income uh, claims coming in, and you might be scratching your head saying, well, what's, what kind of business income do municipalities have? Uh, it's a term that we've all heard uh, in the press uh, since COVID started as it impacts, you know, retail stores and restaurants and, and so forth. Well, many of our municipalities do get business income 
income other than through um, taxes from their golf courses. Maybe they operate a swimming pool, ski facilities, skating arenas uh, that pro provide them with additional source of revenue. So last year at this time, we thought we might see uh, claims coming in from those types of activities. And uh, a year later, we're happy to say that that has not been the case in most areas. Municipalities were able to get many of these um, facilities uh, operating, especially like golf courses. Uh, I think golf courses may have been more active last year than they ever were in the past. Everybody wanted to get, to get outside uh, during COVID. So uh, many of them fared pretty well in that regard. We were also concerned about third-party liability claims that may come in uh, against a municipality. Uh, there were two areas uh, that especially concerned us for counties, and that's the correctional facilities, and uh, some of our counties still have nursing homes, and uh, obviously they, they owe a certain level of um, protection to the, uh, the inmates or the residents at their nursing homes. Um, so our risk management department set up uh, a monthly call uh, to the counties that had these facilities, checking in with them, seeing how they were doing with their best practices, what kind of assistance they needed from us. As you mentioned, uh, Mark, it's been pretty onerous having to uh, deal with all the sometimes conflicting information, the most up-to-date information, whether that's coming from the federal, the state, or other uh, agencies, and even at the local level. So our risk management department uh, spent quite a bit of time working with correctional facilities and nursing homes and monitoring them. And, and I'm happy to say that, you know, a year later, we really have not seen any claims. And I think that's a very good partnership between NIMR and its risk management and the counties who really did step up here uh, in this uh, crisis and uh, can't say enough about their hard work and uh, their willingness to work with us as well. So really appreciate that. I couldn't agree more. You know, a big shout out to our members who have who have been working tirelessly over these last, uh, you know, more than a year, or 14 months uh, on battling, on, on leading the response to the local, uh, re the local response to the global pandemic. And and uh, you know, it's uh, hopefully we're in the we're looking at the pandemic in the rearview mirror. We're all working hard to uh, toward the goal of herd immunity. Uh, and so thanks, uh, thanks, Susan, and uh, thanks to all of our listeners and county officials across New York State for their work there. Now, I want to shift because when, when a local government, a municipality or a county is looking at insurance or looking to purchase anything, right, they, they are looking at price. Uh, so um, I, I want to ask Kevin how NIMR prices its insurance and, and uh, for potential or for their existing members. What's the process that the NIMR, uh, the insurance reciprocal goes through to determine pricing from year to year? Yeah, it's so we go through a very rigorous process. Our rates are developed working closely with our actuary. So they're actuarially based rates so that we can ensure that everyone, all 930 members are treated exactly the same. They all have different exposures. Some may have a law enforcement division, some may not. Some may have more police officers than a smaller unit, et cetera. So obviously that affects uh, the pricing, but really important to understand that it's all done 
on an actuarial basis. The board sets those rates annually. Uh, one of our advantages is, of course, is that we are a tax-exempt nonprofit uh, entity. So no, none of those concerns feed into our pricing. We target what we call a 100% uh, ratio, uh, combined ratio every year. We try to take in just enough dollars to cover our claims and our claims expenses on an annual basis. And we come very close to that 100 most years. To the extent we've been able to uh, generate any surplus above and beyond that in some good years, uh, we've been able to, for instance, return uh, capital contributions back to members over $12 million uh, this thus far in our history. When you joined NIMER, you actually, again, we've emphasized that you're an owner of the program. In the early years, you had to put up a capital contribution in addition to your premium. It was required by the department. Well, they've since, uh, because of our uh, strong financial uh, condition, we no longer have to collect capital from members. And in fact, we've returned all the capital and the interest on the capital to our members. Um, so all of that, I think, is how we are able to meet our very fundamental mission when we were created back in 93, which was to provide predictable and stable, and in most cases, downward premium pricing for our members. Right, and there's no stakeholders, right? Or stockholders, right? This is not- a Our members, yep, we're a membership organization. Our right. members are our stockholders, Mark, let's put it that way, right? Exactly, exactly. So the, you, we're not needing to, to, to hit profit goals uh, to, to pay out to stockholders, right? We, we wanna hit goals that keep the premiums down for the members of the NIMER group. Remember, we have to cover it. We have, you know, we have 4,300 claims a year in an average year now, given our size. We need to collect enough premium to defend those claims, expense those claims, and pay them when one of our subscribers is responsible for injuring somebody's person or their property, as will happen, you know, a you know, one of our public works trucks may in fact strike another vehicle. They're out on the roads 24 seven, accidents do happen. And when they do, we wanna be able to respond and pay that claim if our member was in fact responsible. But we maintain, you know, so that's why we collect just over $80 million a year now in premium to address those claims and those claims expenses. And then to the extent we run up sufficient surplus, we've been able to make those capital payments uh, back to our members. Okay, great. And that covers pricing. I want to turn uh, back to a, a little bit of what Susan talked about before, which is training. I know that there's a significant uh, amount of resources that NIMER devotes to training uh, to member organizations, member local governments and their officials. Can you talk a little bit about some of the training available for NIMER members, Susan? Uh, yes, Mark. Um, and as you mentioned, um, we do put a lot of focus uh, on training at NIMER. Uh, we feel that if a member has a good training program, that's a good way to prevent losses. And even if a loss does occur and a suit is filed, uh, having a good uh, training program and having that documented can put the municipality in a much more defensible position for that claim. 
Uh, prior to COVID, most of our training was done in person. Uh, that's something that we pr um, provided to our members. We would go out and provide that at a local level, uh, whether that be at a highway garage or a county administration building, whatever the case may be. Uh, with COVID, we had to change the way that we delivered uh, that training. Uh, so last year, we did a, a flip to doing quite a few more uh, webinars. So we had some very popular ones. I think we trained over 5,000 uh, employees just in one year alone. Uh, some of the topics included harassment prevention, which is a mandated uh, training, cyber awareness, which is something that's very uh, uh, on everybody's mind, I think, these days or should be, uh, preventative maintenance for vehicles, uh, reasonable suspicion, another mandatory uh, training, um, emergency management planning was also another uh, popular, but there's certainly a, a whole host of different uh, types of training uh, that we provide. Uh, some of them we hope to pick back up this fall, which are geared to a more in-person type training. One of our probably most popular ones is our fall snowplow training. Uh, typically when we offer those classes around the, the state, we have over a hundred uh, snowplow drivers that, that show up to, to that training. So we did do a little bit of that on a webinar basis, but we hope to be able to, um, if COVID regulations allow to start doing those again uh, in person starting in the fall. We also saw a significant increase, uh, Mark, on our online university. As you're aware, we have an online university that we've had for, for several years. We just switched to a new platform. So some of you that are Members of NIMR, you may be noticing a change on the online university. So it's gotten a, a little fresh look and updated. And the other thing that is now available is a, quite a bit um, uh, more extensive uh, courses. Uh, we have OSHA uh, training that's available, quite a few different cyber trainings such as phishing and ransomware. Uh, we have workplace violence and bullying in the workplace available. We have several different driver safety. Uh, all the way from some small two-box training that you could do to the uh, eight-hour mandated, or not mandated, but um, defensive driving course if you want to get those uh, reductions on your driver's license. And I know some counties and municipalities do offer that as an employee perk to some of their, their members. So that is also available on the website. Um, and we do a lot of different training. We have a full suite for, for law enforcement and uh, also for uh, recreation on the website. So again, that's just uh, a little idea of what we do have available. And uh, along with the webinar increases last year, we saw a significant increase on our online university. So once again, just really wanna thank our members for keeping training uh, in their focus. Uh, it would have been easy with everything going on with COVID to sort of set that aside and, and lose track of that, but uh, we probably, uh, saw more members taking training last year than we have in, in prior years. So again, want to thank our members for, for keeping that uh, foremost in, in their minds as well. Thank you very much. We're joined today by Kevin Crawford, the Executive Director of the New York Municipal Insurance Reciprocal, and Susan O'Rourke, who is President of the NIMR Division of Right Risk Management, a division of Brown & Brown Insurance, on behalf of the associations, the Association of County, NICOM, and the Association of Towns, really can't say enough. I know our executive directors always refer to NIMR as one of the best or the best 
shared service program that has been around in the last generation, 28 years and growing. Uh, and uh, it's been a very, very successful program. I wanna just uh, allow for um, any comments from Susan or Kevin that we ha might have missed in this conversation. And it's been a great conversation. I always learn something new uh, when, when I'm in a Nimer meeting and, and today is no different. So thank you both for your time. Kevin, any last words? I would just say, you know, first of all, thanks, Mark, for, for having us on. Uh, we're obviously very proud of our program and our product. Uh, we value greatly our relationship uh, with, with NISAC. It, it, it's part of our secret sauce, you know. Often get asked, how, how, how does NIMR do it better? And therefore, why have we been as successful as we have been? Uh, you know, it's our relationship with the associations together with the expertise from Right Risk um, and through that focused education and training that, that Susan's mentioned, uh, add in, you know, effective and expert claims defense. We're able to reduce frequency and severity of claims and therefore deliver uh, predictable, affordable, high quality coverage at predictable and affordable pricing for our members. So that's why we think, you know, we've had such great retention over the years. And I hope that others who may not be, have participated as yet uh, will come sometime and, and take a look at us. And we'd be so pleased to be able to uh, provide them a quote and to look at their insurance and one day welcome them into the Nimer family. Thank you, Kevin. Susan, anything else? Well, I don't think I could sum it up any better than Kevin just did. So uh, again, just want to thank our, our members for all that they did over this very uh, tough, as you said, 14 months, Mark, although sometimes it seems more like maybe five, 10 years, but uh, uh, just can't thank our members enough for everything that they did uh, for the public and, and how easily they worked with us as the insurance company during this time and really helped keep uh, losses down for, for all of us. Uh, and Mark, we appreciate uh, everything that we get from, from NISAC. Uh, uh, your, your unit over there did a great job keeping us uh, updated on this ever-changing uh, COVID regulations and guidelines. So appreciate that. And again, I thank you both for your time and expertise. And I wanna let our listeners know if you have any questions, you can call me at the NISAC offices or you can reach out to me by email, mlevine at nysac.org, or you can check out Nimer at nimer.org and uh, check out their contacts and call Susan or Karen Buckley for some more information. So thank you for your time today and have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of County Conversations. We hope that you will keep tuning in for new episodes each week that feature insightful conversations on current and topical information focused on county government. Until then, feel free to reach out to our staff if there are any topics that you would like to hear us discuss or join us as a guest to discuss on the podcast.